Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Smash Pop. Let the mayhem begin. Your new BMW. Will you need collision coverage? Yes. Property destruction? Definitely. Personal injury? Accidents do happen. No, I'm 007. Hello and welcome to Smash Pod, a podcast celebrating all the Bond films by those who enjoy, hate, or just you know just aren't asked about them. Hosted by me, John Rain. We will be delving deeply into Bond, tackling a different film each episode with an exciting guest by my side. Now, episode 18 brings us a world of pure and utter fantasy, where a media mogul has the power to print fake news and start World War Three. Ha! Yes, it's tomorrow never dies. And my special guest this week is award-winning comedy writer and performer Nathaniel Tapley, who can be found on Twitter as at Nat. Hello. 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 How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. So here we are, Tomorrow Never Dies. Yes, Tomorrow. Now, you told me previously you're not yes. like a, the biggest Bond fan in the world. You fall into the mm. aren't asked category. I'm a, yes, I'm in the aren't asked to war. I'm not in, quite in the hate category, mm. but I generally think that people who like it might be missing something in their souls. Really? I do, yes. What is it about our souls? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just... I don't see the appeal of it, mm-hmm. and I sit there thinking, it feels like the same delusion that caused Brexit causes people to like James Bond. <laughs> <How> <laughs> it feels you? like the same idea that, well, Britain is special, we're really good at things, we're the only ones who can be trusted, and we'll sort things out in a sort of slightly cool, uh, not playing by your rules way. Well, he does sort it out, but he doesn't do it in a very cool way. No, not does. in this one he doesn't. No. I mean, he's good at driving. Yes. Good, well, no, he's good at remote control driving. He's yeah, actually I mean, good at playing... Blaz- yeah, okay. Bond generally. In this instance, yes, remote yes. control. I may be generally. an inappropriate guest because I don't know much about yeah. him. Well, perhaps we'll just stick to this film. No, you can fill me in. Tomorrow Never Dies, then. Yes. Right, so this is the second film of Pierce Brosnan's tenure, and uh, it's, a, you know, it's a strong start. This one, or GoldenEye was... Well, well this one, I mean, I mean as in... No, well, the... I think, what, in terms of the opening of the film? Yeah. It's an interesting start, because it's got both Jeffrey Palmer and Judy Dench in, so it's like a slightly more exciting episode of As Time Goes By. Yeah, it's as if they're sort of post-World War Three. Yes. As Time Goes By. <laughs> yeah. You could turn on and go, ooh, this is an interesting episode of As Time Goes By. I yeah. wasn't expecting so many Russians or explosions. And, you know, there is friction there, so it is very in keeping with... Yes. As time with, goes with by. Their, maybe they were playing the same characters. Listeners, I never watched As Time Goes By. I so I'm we're talking good, from a good, position of complete ignorance. Good, good. good. It's very much like Brexit. Yeah. Um, but it opens with a terrorist arms bazaar. Yeah, and it bizarre. Says, and bizarre's a good word, isn't it? It is, isn't bizarre, it? For me, that's sort of... It's usually like a jumble sale with some sort of cake stand. That makes it a bazaar, is the cake hmm. stand. And then we, someone says that it's a terrorist supermarket. Yes. So I Gehaldi. Started, oh, see, I've put Aldi Qaeda. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. good. And I've also put, that's why mum's been to ISIS. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't think of ISIS. <laughs> no, well, we've covered the bases there. Tip. Yeah, done. Okay. That's um, those jokes. So Bond is what, essentially spying on this terrorist bazaar. Yes, he's spying on a terrorist bazaar, which is on the Russian border. You know, that Russian, that the border that Russia has. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. say what it's bordering. No. There's, there's a lot of this film that chimes with present day, which we'll get to. Maybe they had a lot of foresight, but no understanding. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's a terrorist arms bazaar on the Russian border border with Ricky Jay playing Henry Gupta. It's always good to see Ricky Jay, but he is terrible in this as he is He is awful in a few things. But there's a deleted scene because what many people might not know about Ricky Jay is he's mm. like a really good Yeah he's a card magician. He's card like, magician. Yeah, he's a... And one of his tricks that he's very well known for is using mm. cards as essentially as throwing stars. 
Oh, right, okay. And he's able to... I think he's able to smash things with cards. That's amazing. And there's a deleted scene on the DVD of this, of him using the cards when he's bored. Well, that would make sense of why he was cast, because... They removed it. So now they're just left with the acting he can't really do. Yeah, I mean, he's good in other things. He's good in Boogie Nights. He's good in... um, He's bad in Deadwood, though. He he is bad in Deadwood. He's very wooden. And Henry Gupta. Henry Gupta's a very strange name. It's an odd name to choose for him. It's neither one nor the other, is it? No. And neither of those things is Ricky Jay. A lot of fake news. And also, the whole thing's about GPS, which they say is, like, a hugely exciting thing. GPS mm. is uh, the thing about which the whole film revolves. We're very excited about technology in this, though. Yeah. Bond's got a mobile phone. He's got a mobile phone. But also, they will get to it later, I presume, but they mm. set up that Bond's remote-controlled car has GPS, and you've always yeah. got a sat-nav, and then they never refer to that again. It's never used again. No, they're more interested in the fact that it's got a sexy German voice. Yes. <laughs> Which is Bond in a nutshell, isn't it? Yeah. Your car has GPS. Can I oh. wank to it? Has it got a voice? Um, it's like Chekhov's GPS. It doesn't never gets used. Yeah. Chekhov's sat now. Can you put GPS on the mantelpiece? I, you could try. You can find well, Ricky J can, because he's got the GPS man- manipulating device. Yeah, which is... In this film, it's like a... It's a, a row of numbers. It's a sort of thing... If you bought a um, necklace from Elizabeth Duke... Yes. <laughs> it, it comes in that thing because that's what happened on the day yeah like they went we need a, we didn't get the gps prop and sat navs haven't been invented yet quick run out to argos yeah. and see what you've got well this was filmed at uh well i think it was anyway the first one was golden i was at leavesden in watford where i'm from okay and there is a very fine argos in watford so they well, probably would have gone there what happened yeah this bit was does it have mountains and in argos yeah in watford <laughs> oh in Wat- no no we're not known for so it probably wasn't filmed, filmed no. this bit um so we meet terence rigby in it as a, a, a russian he gets to say the line look like picnic look which, like is, picnic. which is something russian people used to say in films yes look it like will make picnic. so-and-so yes. look like a picnic because they never had them in the past before the fall of berlin wall they could only peer over it and dream of picnics they used to watch yogi bear yeah <laughs> and not understand any of the references no. What's a picnic? what is picnic basket please <laughs> Uh, and Bond gets a bit prissy that he knocks a cigarette out of someone's hand filthy and says, habit. Yeah, that's a filthy habit. And you think, really? I don't want. I mean, James Bond surely is the epitome of libertinism. You can have a drink and I have a smoke and shoot up and still save the world. Shoot up? I assume he can. He so does heroin, are you doesn't he? advocating heroin use? No, I'm advocating James Bond taking heroin. Oh, okay, fair enough. Bond saying filthy habit, I think that alludes to the fact that Bond used to smoke and now he doesn't. I don't there's smoke nothing, anymore. There's nothing more annoying than a reformed smoker. Oh, yeah. It was worse when people could smoke in pubs because then you could sit mm. there. And the reason they're saying it is because they really want to smoke again. Yes. But they also want the moral victory of not getting cancer. Yeah. Despicable. Isn't it in the post, though? It's I'm, expect- I'm fully expecting to get cancer at any point. Yeah, yeah. Right. Every time I get a cold... If we get through this cancer. podcast, it'll be a miracle. Yeah, Two ex-smokers. Anything can happen. Yeah, we could explode. Because <laughs> spontaneous human combustion was huge years ago. Yeah. It's gone away Victorians now. loved it. Like space they were combusting person. all over the place. They were. And, and there's, there's that one picture you saw in Arthur C. Clarke of the so half-burnt sofa with a full mm. on it. I think if one of us does spontaneously combust, mm-hmm. we'll wish it was a video podcast rather than an audio one. A vodcast. A vodcast. Yeah. They have a name, a vodcast. They do. Um, so anyway, Terence Rigby comes and uses yep. his picnic line. And basically, Geoffrey Palmer's decided the best thing to do with all mm. these weapons is to drop a bomb on them. Is to, drop, is to, is to explode them. Yeah. And then as long as they're right, they think it would be too explosive because they find there's a nuclear bomb there as well. Bond's talking to Colin Salmon, who is at this point being Mr. Exposition, and literally walks off at one point, exercising, <laughs> to the point where he's boring himself. He literally walks off. And yeah. uh, Bond says to him, you can't blow it up. Look, yeah. all I can see is a van or something like that. <laughs> it's really because he does say, look over here, there is yeah. definitely something you should see. And they go, oh, I can't see anything. Yeah. Oh, it's there. Yeah. Oh, my God, those are nuclear warheads. And then Geoffrey Palmer rings the HMS Chester, which makes me laugh. The word Chester makes me laugh. Chester's Thanks lovely. to Partridge. And um, <laughs> he says, cancel the rocket. And they press a button that says cancel. Yeah, cancel a bought rocket and the bought doesn't. It doesn't work. It doesn't work because it's too far away. I think if you're designing a failsafe system for rockets, having them work over distance would be one of the features I'd look for. You need a Chuck Jones-style metal boot coming out to yeah. get the warhead to blow it up <laughs> as it flies over the Atlantic. That's what you need. Yeah, and so they can't they can't stop the fact that they're going to blow it up too much. They only wanted to blow it up a little bit. Yes. They don't want to blow it up a lot. So to save all the people who will be blown up a lot, Bond then kills everyone yeah. to save them from being blown up. Well, he does the very sensible thing of getting in the plane that's got the nuclear yeah. weapons on it to fly it off. Because obviously, as we discussed earlier, he can drive anything. Yes. Because he was in the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets in the plane and people start shooting at him. So yes, he shoots they do. at them. And, it, and he doesn't appear to be in any danger at all, though, whilst doing it. He sort of wanders no. through. Just This is very easy killing people. These people are very easy to kill. Yeah, they're at a terrorist bazaar. Why would they pose any... I mean, yeah, this is like, if this is the quality of the terrorists, I just let the bazaar happen. Well, and... particularly, if you work for any big corporation and there's a chance for them to, to go to a 
you know, a conventional or a bazaar, mm. they'd send the buyers, wouldn't they? So they're not going to yeah. send the muscle. No. So he's effectively It'll... beating up accountants. <laughs> it's, it's the people yeah. running the stalls. Yeah. yeah. They're like, hang on, we were just... They're just handing out T-shirts and yeah. key rings and USB drives. The only gadget Here comes Bond. Is, a, is a visa card. Yeah. Yeah. Because Bond gets in a plane, yeah. knocks out the pilot, yes. takes over the plane, yes. flies it off, everything yeah. blows up, and then we get a scene where he's being chased by another plane. Now, this, I think, is over... If you're the terrorists who run the bazaar, for some reason have a plane that wasn't blown up by the stuff that was just blown up, yes. ready to go. Why Having one person try to strangle him while the other person tries to shoot him down seems like overkill, because one of the two people is going to be... One of, you're going to lose one of your two terrorists. Yes. Either way. But then again, Bond's plane has got nuclear weapons on it, so you can't shoot it, it down. Okay, yes. So, but you can if you can blow it up by ejecting someone into the bottom of it. Yes, that is. Or a, you could if he'd managed to do that. That is a defect that all these planes had. <laughs> it did. Yeah. You could just eject someone into the bottom of your plane and, and blow it blew up. up. What actually happened is he ejected him into the plane. At that moment, he combusted. Yeah. <laughs> 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 bringing it back to us. <laughs> yeah. The last recorded case of it. Yes, in was in 1997. Yeah. Was uh, in the, the Caucasus block. Mountains. I say I don't know where they are. Are they on a border? Wildly Let's say the Caucasus Mountains. Let's say that. I like that. Yeah. And he spontaneously combusted. Spontaneously combusted. Blew up the plane. Yeah. And Bond said the line backseat driver. Yes. I quite enjoyed it. Yes, that was good. That was good. One thing you can say about Piers Brosnan is he's very good at doing the jokes. So then um, Bond, uh, he says, you know, tell the Admiral where do you want this missile? You know, the words, fuck off, you idiot. And uh, we get the opening (laughs) titles. Yes. Full of circuit board ladies. Very pretty. If you're a robot. If you're a robot. Although, when the TV goes across them, they look like normal ladies. Yeah. At one point, they sort of hint that it's going to go across some circuit-boarded breasts, and there's going to be a nipple, everyone, but it doesn't. No. They fade out way If you were that. a Terminator, you would... You would yeah, you'd have a yeah. stonk on mm-hmm. throughout the whole... Which is, I think, the problem with Terminators generally, is that we didn't try throwing porn at them. Why Robot porn. Because porn has invaded every medium. I'm sure when the first hand-printed breasts came out, the first thing they printed was pornography. Yeah. So with Terminators, why haven't they gone near pornography? I don't know. Presumably they have, but they don't send those ones back to fix the past. <laughs> they're, just, they're so good at their jobs yeah. that they... They just go and masturbate somewhere. Yeah. That's... I mean, to be honest, you know... I mean, if I were in charge of the programme that was building robots that just crawled into a corner and masturbated until they rusted, <laughs> I think I might examine my life choices a little... <laughs> It would be like that film, I Robot. Yeah. yeah. Like this, this robot is my, based in my image. It just goes into a corner and wanks. Oh dear! Always gets to wanking. That's good. Is it garbage doing a theme tune in this one? Is it garbage? No, no. It's oh. uh, Cheryl Crow, but oh. some would say it's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, it's all right. She, she she's written a good yeah, song, right. but she can't get to the when she does the high bits. It's, it's a bit shrieky. But it's a good it, song. I it think. was all right. It, it, yeah. but it didn't stick with me. Like I couldn't even bother to find out who it was. It's no Goldfinger, is it? No. Um, so then we meet, uh, well, we see the mm. new ship called the Devonshire. Rich in character actors who you'll have seen in other things since. Yeah, like Julian Ryan Tutt. Julian Ryan Tutt. There's Gerard Butler's there. If you're into seeing people who later become reasonably famous character actors uh, doing background parts on ships, then this is the film for you. Yes. I mean, usually you get one. Yeah. This has got two. On the ship at the end, there's lots. You've got Bonneville. You've got... Jason Watkins. Jason Watkins. The Nazi from The Last Crusade. Or from Nanny McPhee. He wasn't a Nazi in Nanny McPhee. That would have ruined... Wouldn't have ruined it. That would have made it amazing. It made it powerful. Um, so yeah, the Devonshire is yep. fallen into this GPS trap set yes. by Henry Gupta. Henry Gupta, and um, they've sailed into Chinese waters, thinking they're in international waters. Yes, because their sat nav has essentially told them to go the wrong way. They have bared two left. Yeah, the and apparently Chinese... there's no way of resolving this through speaking to other human beings. No. It's all got to be done by phoning your own base and saying, I don't understand why they're attacking us, and the mm. Chinese presumably doing the same. So then Elliot Carver, who we see mm. in profile, who is basically jumping Jack Flash gone rogue, yeah. is the same actor, and I can't... Brazil gone rogue. Brazil gone normal. I think he's. this yeah. is the next step. Yeah. Being frustrated by bureaucracy to being a media mogul who wants to start wars. Is battle? I can never remember. Let's just call him Uttle. Uttle. Okay, so it's Christmas for him uh, because he's got this stealth boat which drills through Devonshire like a torpedo and they want to wait till the MiGs... Yeah, they keep calling it the seed drill. And seed drill, yeah. So I'm waiting for Jethro Tull to turn up and it doesn't happen. <laughs> or I get it some sort of submarine with a... The band or the person? The person. Never, say, never wait for the band. You wouldn't want to send Ian Anderson underwater. <laughs> no, I can't see him being any use in a military Standing situation like at all. Flamingo playing his flute under <laughs> the water. So yes, the drill goes through the Devonshire and sinks it. Yeah. Also oh, it missile. also has a weird form of propulsion which can turn corners and do very odd things which one wouldn't imagine any technology can do but this is this is magic so they also shoot down a mig which is the chinese chinese aircraft yeah 
I don't know. I mean, I'm trusting the film on. I don't know why I'm trusting the film on this because they think that you know you can turn corners with a flying drill. There's have to be a degree thing. of accuracy with the plane name, though. That is, you see, that's the, one of the things that matter. That's the sort of thing they would care about. Mm. Not storytelling no, no, or character. No. It's getting the name of a plane right. That's it. Yeah. So there's the total disaster. So the, there's a huge. The Devonshire crisis. is sunk. And then there's some survivors. There are the some world. survivors. Who are very happy. <laughs> Briefly. Until before. Uh, we meet um, Carver's number two. Is Gupta his number two? I think Gupta's number two. Yeah, so this is number three. This is number three, but he's the, maybe the scary one. Yeah. Hair stamper. Peroxide blonde. He's a hardware. Danish boy band member. Is he? In my mind. I, well, no, I don't think he, I mean, he could be. Oh. For me, that's his. That's the look okay. he's yeah, got yeah, for. Yeah, it's, definitely. definitely. Not at it's all very 90s. He's not menacing at all, I don't no. think. Well, he doesn't really do much, apart from go and check out things that have happened after they've happened a lot. Yeah. He gets stabbed a couple of times and doesn't react, which yeah. is supposed to make him seem tough, but it doesn't. Does it? That's right well, at the when, end. Well, we'll get there. When they go to yeah. the Chinese tower, he gets stabbed and he just, okay, he's just like, oh, react. how annoying. That's because he's so amazing. If anything, he's more British than... <laughs> <laughs> which is what I'd do if I got stabbed. Oh, oh, oh dear. dear. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> I don't, that would be a, a nuisance, but I've been stabbed. <laughs> Bleeding on your carpet. Yes, Will that come out? Yes, I don't like to say anything. <laughs> oh, there's also a really good bit when the Devonshire, they're all told to brace, brace, and one of the actors, I think an extra, just jumps on a table yeah. in a way that we go, that's not brace. And one of them jumps on a railing, yeah, so his genitals are on a railing. Yes. I'm like, that's not bracing. And hooks his leg round it. Yeah, that's, that's just going to make you break your back. Yeah. Brace, brace. Ah, oh, now I've been waiting for us to hump that railing. <laughs> Now everyone's distracted by the ship sinking. Um, and we get the first appearance of delicious. Yeah, he uses it a lot in this. Yeah, and it's a terrible catchphrase for it. Is. I must say, Jonathan Price is an actor I respect greatly. Mm. He's always interesting, always good. I think in this he is fucking appalling. Mm. Really, probably the worst thing in it by a mile. Oh, I don't know, Ricky Jay is in it. But yeah. he's supposed to be a Bond villain. He's supposed to be this thing. He's not given much to work with, though. No, he's, like, he's a paper man. He's not, not got no substance. And when he does all these, like you say, delicious... It seems like someone who's never met a British person's idea of what a British person would say if they were evil. I mean, if you're going to go on the nose, get yeah. a really brash Australian to do this part. Delicious! That's what they're trying to do, isn't it? They're trying, yeah. to, they're trying to yeah. do Murdoch. So, yeah, so then um, he... Basically, Stamper kills all the sailors. Yes, he machine guns them in the water. Oh, even worse, he treads on one of them's fingers before shooting him. And uh, he films it as well, which I think is really stupid because... Yeah, he films because the camera angle has to be from one place... And the yeah. footage never turns up. No. And then in no way would that footage ever be usable. And a number of times in this, the news angle of it doesn't work. In that Jonathan Price is doing disastrous things to create situations that he can then make money by televising as news. And a lot of the time you're like, well, that footage would be unusable without revealing you are the person doing that. At one point, Bond walks into a room where the thing he finds out is happening is on the news. Yes. And the person who's about to kill him goes... In a few hours, this would be on the news. Yeah. I'm like, it is on the news, mate. It's there, it's on the TV. But it was a videotape. Oh, it was a videotape. Yeah, he took it out of the video and said this will be on the news. Oh, did he? I was yeah. too drunk to... That's fine. To you have that. to be drunk to watch this. Yes. Well, the th- I should explain now that the first time I saw it in 1997, I fell asleep in the cinema. Do you remember which point you fell asleep? I do. I think I remember exactly at the point. I'll, I'll flag it when we yeah, get there. Yeah, flag it when we get there. But yeah, Elliot Carver has this really fucking annoying tippy-tappy machine. He goes in front of all his like underlings, yeah. and they're all on video screen. And he's like, tap, tap, tell me this. But the best bit is when he had Gupta comes out and says to him, it's all done. Yeah. Here's the GPS thing I used. And Carver literally says to From him, Argos. He says to, literally says to him, make sure you keep that in a safe place. By which he means the safe. The safe. Why not just say that? Yeah. Put it in the safe. <laughs> Any of the safe safes you've got. <laughs> Any place you want, Henry, as long as it's safe. <laughs> Deliciously safe. <laughs> Then we catch up with Bond, who, yes, is with a lady. Of course he is. With a Danish lady. In Oxford. Lady. But he has a very good transport link, because they say, you've got to be back here in half an hour, Bond. And he does it. Yeah, but he's got right. Aston Martin. Even so, it's a long run. The M40 is, can be a nightmare. Yeah. It might have been a working day. It might have not been so bad in terms of right. congestion. And he was into central London as well. It can be half an hour just from the west way to central. Longer. Maybe he, maybe that's that now. When he says the immortal line, uh, I'm, br- I'm just brushing up on a little Danish. Mm-hmm. Very sexy. That was good. I've, I think the fact that Money Penny is just reduced to doing rather forced double entendres in this was one of the disappointing elements. I was like expecting a bit more. In the last... and, and every one of her lines just seems to be an ever more convoluted way yep. of getting to a sex reference. Talking about sex. In yeah. the previous film, she has a bit more to her, but in this, she literally says, she says cunning linguist, yep. and then she says you'll have to decide how much, how much to pump her. Yeah. yeah. So she's effectively just trying to get him to have an erection. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's but you don't have to try. I assume. Maybe I don't understand. Is the character meant to always have an erection well, or never said, be unerectable? Money Penny to me. I've always said this um, that she feels like she works on the front desk of a impotence clinic and it's just trying to make men feel like they're virile <laughs> when in fact they aren't so she'll drop in a little double on top fill this bag yeah and they're, they're like, by oh, emptying your own bag oh i am a man <laughs> and i'm not saying anyone with erectile dysfunction is not a man no fully a man fully a man thanks john it's just you know just, i'm glad we got here yeah it's just you know she's making them feel better about themselves yeah. and in this film she is fulfilling that if i were to have erectile dysfunction with anyone i would like to have it with her yeah samantha bond or just the fictional character, Miss Money Bunny. Oh, Miss Money Bunny, yeah. During her very... Well, what because about... if it were actually Santa Bond, I think my wife would probably be... Cross. Cross. Yeah, yeah. she's very good as Money Penny, though, must yeah. be said. Um, we meet Julian Fellows as well. Yes, we do. Julian Fellows, who is... This is the second most dreadful of his performance, I think. Because if you watch him in uh, House of Cards, the original House of Cards, series three, yes. he's truly dreadful at that. I mean, he, that he is one of the worst things I've ever seen on a screen. Which one's that? What's it called? I mean, that? as well as being one of the worst humans in existence, yes. as he is. Yes. Um, so he's dreadful in that and he is dreadful in this as well yes so Julian Fellow says you have 48 hours because Bond turns up with a copy of Tomorrow which by the way is the worst name for a newspaper ever yeah it's surely yesterday. Yeah, but that would be better. Because tomorrow, how do you advertise that? In no. tomorrow, well, tomorrow's tomorrow. Tomorrow. When do I buy it? Yeah. Day after tomorrow? Yeah. Are you telling me about tomorrow's news? Because yeah. the subtitle is tomorrow's news today. That doesn't make any sense. It should be called yesterday's news today. I'm still thinking of Julian Fellows' face. Sorry, I'm just haunted by it. It's like a thumb which has a horrid person Have drawn on it. Have you seen the films Despicable Me 2 and 3? There's a character in it called Mr. Ramsbottom. Oh, yes. He looks a bit like that. He does. I I keep going back to... He did an interview with The New Yorker when he was writing School of Rock, the musical, and explained why they launched it in Broadway rather than the West End. And it's he said it was because uh, Broadway has more lax child labour laws. And I think if you reach the point in your life where you are concerned that child labour laws are restricting your business, you might want to just, you know, give your moral compass a tap and, and see if it twitches. He's supposed to be someone of some significance that we never informed of. The minister. Is. Isn't he just the minister? Is he the minister? I think he's the minister. All right, all right, fair enough. I missed that. Basically, Jeffrey Palmer wants to go in and blow up China. Judy Dench is saying, calling for moderation yes. while we investigate. <laughs> Let's find out what's happening before we blow up China, yeah. is her position. Yes. Yeah, so Bob Bond, they say to Bond, you've got 48 hours to crack mm. this case. And Julian Fellows then wanders off and we don't see him. Well, we assume he does. We've never seen any... Re- this is one of those sort of weird psychic breaks in Bond, which just completely jumps story. Like, yeah. he goes and does that, and it reaches a point where he completes something, and then suddenly we're on a different storyline. You know, oh, it, that must have... We're taking it as read, because we're forgetting all about the fact we were about to launch a war on China, and he had 48 hours. We're going to set a ticking clock, then throw that clock away before it even goes off. Yeah, yeah. probably from Argos. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss but then M <laughs> says to Bond I know yeah. where the signal came on for the G- game from mm. for the GPS which again shows you how much of a fucking idiot Elliot Carver is yeah. it came from Carver News Group satellite yeah so therefore open shut case go and yeah, arrest yeah. him why do you need to investigate at yeah. all um, but I want you to go and investigate. By the way, he's married to Paris Carver, who is you used to have sex with, yeah. who you uh, left many years ago. And then we get the pumping jokes. Then we get the pumping jokes, You have yeah. to pump her for information. Also, I think, just to have the British Navy not 
get its information from privately held satellites. Because otherwise, anyone could just type in the wrong numbers into their satellite. You, that's what you do with a satellite. You type in numbers to a do satellite. You, do you? Yeah, yeah. It would leave us at the whim of anyone who owned a satellite. Yes. We need our own satellites. No, I'm going more Brexit. And let's. We need to insource our satellite production. Yeah, we want to take our satellites back. Yeah, we'll take control of our satellites. Yeah. Sovereignty one, sovereignty one. Is that you? That's sovereignty two calling. Imagine us launching a satellite. Imagine. Imagine that. the two of us. No, I mean Britain <laughs> launching a satellite. Can you imagine? I, I love the fact that Colin Pillinger was the face of our space race. <laughs> yeah. Then we get Bond landing in Germany. Yeah. He then his cover story hmm. is that he he uses for four seconds. Yeah, is that he is German. He's a banker. He's a banker, but I think they also said he's a cover story that he is. He drops that instantly and calls himself James Bond, the yeah, banker. When Bond he gets right. to the desk and tries to convince people he's German, he has the worst German accent. Yeah, he says, uh, "Mein Autoreserve." Yeah, mein Autoreserve, which is, is dubbed. He, he, he obviously <laughs> couldn't do it, so they ADR'd it later because it doesn't match up. And then Jim Henson's Q turns up. Yeah, why didn't he see him in England? Like, he lives in England. I don't know. I would fucking scream if I turned around and saw that. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. He looks he looks unbelievable. Yeah, so he turns around and there's Q. Yeah. And he can barely talk, holding his clipboard, <laughs> shaking like he's been up all night. And grow up, 007. <laughs> Do you need a car, sir? I'm um, not going to grow up. Look at you. You're like a visual warning about what <laughs> happens to people who grow up. The sight of him will haunt you. Then they put him in a red coat. Yes. That highlights how yeah. wrong he looks. <laughs> how not red his skin is. Really? He should be turning up at Scrooge's house on Christmas <laughs> Eve. Really telling should. him about where he's gone with wrong. With a monetary warning. Yes. <laughs> what he should be doing. Don't be like me. <laughs> um, so he gives Bond the, he says, oh, this I'm really excited about. This is your yeah. car, which is the most boring car in the world. Yeah, it's pretty much a normal car. It has GPS. It has point, G- they get very excited. It has GPS. At this point, this is their used. second film in their three-film deal with BMW. Okay. In the first film, he had a sexy convertible. This film, he's got a, he's got a fucking Japanese business. Businessman's car. How many kids would want to rush out and buy a BMW saloon? Uh, and, and they try to get over the fact that it's not great by mm. making it remote control yeah. from his exciting Sony Ericsson mobile phone. Doesn't it later have features which aren't explained at that point I think at it all? does, you know. Like a smoke well, screen. Oh, the car, yes. The car yes. has a smoke screen which is never mentioned. Like, how does he glass. know that? How does Bond know it Well, when he gets out of the car, it says, please select your security setting. Oh, and right, he presses okay. something, but we I never see I assume like, in the glove box there was like a manual and... Maybe there's a scene card. Service record. Yeah, flicks through going, oh, it's got missiles in the top. You didn't tell me that. So Q then says to Bond, I'll show you how to drive it. And he moves Mm. it along an inch at a time. And he says, oh, it's very hard. And it's like, yes, because you're 110. That's why. You're trying to program the video and it doesn't work. Um, And then Bond says, let me have a go. And instantly, because he's a prick, he drives it around. Obviously, the car stops within inches. And then he says to Q something like, oh, I'm great. And Q (laughs) says, grow up 007. And then we don't see him again. Thank thank the Lord. Until the next film where he looks even worse. Oh, really? Yeah. Is he covered in cobwebs in the next Essentially, yeah. He's like a He's like that image puppet of Michael. He emerged from a haunted well. (laughs) (laughs) The thing from the rig. He used to move his head and the dust would fly (laughs) off. He reminds me of that. Anyway, so as you were saying before, Bond goes to Carver's party and immediately says, My name's Bond, James 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 Bond. (laughs) What happened to the cover story? And then, even when he's there, he doesn't meet Carver for a bit. When he does, he has the cover story that he is a banker, but drops huge hints that he definitely isn't a banker all the the way through. We also get the best line of, or the worst line of dialogue in any film ever. The camera's skirting around the party, and then you hear, Anyway, there's absolutely no truth in this malicious rumour that I started running the mad cow disease stories (laughs) simply because, sir, Angus Black, the great beef baron, <laughs> lost to me in a game of poker and refused to pay up. What? Yeah, it's like the most ham-fisted attempt at satire. It's like, there is an idea in there yeah. for either a joke or a little swipe at something, but if it takes you a sentence of 70 words <laughs> to get in all the exposition you need you to make it land. start a line of exposition with anyway. Anyway. <laughs> that means I am saying this now for the first time. I, I, know, I imagine there's a scene before that where they're all standing there awkwardly looking around and he goes... Anyway, <laughs> then Wei Lin turns up and she introduces. She's, she's, she's a journalist she's like from the from the there. first news corporation, and he says, "I want to have you behind a desk." And then Bond meets Paris, yes, and gets uh, an Eiffel and, Tower, yeah, <laughs> and gets the uh, shot nicked from Raiders of Lost Ark. Yeah, she slaps him, and she says that he left her. The last words of her were, "I'll be right back," <laughs> which is brilliant. Yeah. Here you go. I'll be right back. Yeah, <laughs> actually, it was a, a red light. He just jumped out of the car. <laughs> Let's get a scratch card, he said. Exactly, Captain Oates, is it? <laughs> Bond. Yes, yeah, so Bond meets them. 
Yes. Blows his cover story straight away. Just by accusing Carver of... Yeah by, yeah, by doing weird boat puns. Yeah, in a way that can serve neither function of a cover story yeah. or of just coming in and arresting him. He basically says, you control a satellite, you can do anything you like, like moving ships off course. Yeah. And then does those boat puns. Yeah. I'm like, why have you bothered with this cover story? <laughs> and then later she goes, he's on to you. Yeah. I'm like, yes, you know it, you made him on to you. That's what you did. That was the purpose of the words you said, was to make him on to you. <laughs> yeah, mean, so espionage you, isn't his strong point? He might as well just grab Carver by the lapels and say, you fucker, what have you done? <laughs> yes. And start punching him in the face. It would, have I would have saved us a lot of time. And pain. Yeah, well, he, because gets, he gets taken into a soundproof room to be beaten oh, yes. up. But the beating up bit is quite funny. It is quite funny, but it isn't done well at all. Mm. You set it up with a security guard sitting outside a soundproof booth expecting James Bond to be beaten up inside. Yes. And in through the glass, you can see James beating them up, which should be funny. Because well, he hits one with a double bass at one point. He puts one's head in a piano as well and bangs yeah. the lid down, and that's quite good. I just don't think they commit to the comedy enough, though. No. Sort of, they half do it and then back out and throw someone through a window. And it's you need one it. more instrument-related yeah. violence. I think. Violin bow up the nose or something. Up the arse. Or up the arse, of course. <laughs> Coming out of his mouth. <laughs> Nigel Kennedy's new album, Violin bow up the arse. Oh, dear. Um, so, yeah, then Bond comes through the window. There's quite the a window. nice moment where the guy's trying to call him. Which means he throws a man through the window. Yeah. And he measures up the ashtray before he smashes the guy on the head with it. That's quite yeah. funny. Yeah. I like that. And yeah, then, so that's yes. a fun little sequence. And then he finds the on off button for the news. Mm. And, oh, which reminds me, we missed uh, on the Devonshire, I think it was. They had a war peace switch, which someone flicks. I hope all boats have a war peace switch. That was switch. actually installed by Yoko Ono. <laughs> so then Bond goes back to his hotel room and feels sorry for himself yeah. because of the fact that he's blown his own cover within seconds. And then Paris turns up and... Takes off all the clothes. Yeah, it does annoy me that he's feeling sorry for himself because it's his fault. It is entirely his fault. And he's also been reasonably successful in that he disrupted the launch of their satellite channel, mm. escaped from a group of thugs. And, I mean, the only person who told him that he's James Bond the spy is James Bond the spy. Yes. And Carver fires that woman for not yeah, knowing fires the woman. It's not her fault. No. Unbelievable. I think, I think he's supposed he's to be He's a very bad employer, I think. Bad man. I'm getting hints. Oh, well, this, yeah, this has another terrible bit of dialogue. She's asking why he left. Did I get too close, James? Did I get too close for comfort? Oh, oh there's going to be a quip coming here. Uh-huh. And the quip is, yes. <laughs> That's the answer. Oh, okay. I like Just, to see when he said, I can get you out of the country in four hours. <laughs> it's <laughs> Germany. You can drive to France in four hours from pretty much anywhere. So really, I can get you out of this country, which has nine borders with other countries, <laughs> anytime I like. And it also has a sea border. There are lots of options. All I'm saying is we've four got options. Give me four hours. Give me four hours, though, to look through them. <laughs> Good grief. Um, so then, oh, we get Ed Winchester from The Fast Show on the news. That's quite a nice little cameo yeah. there. And then... Um, oh, you also get some plucked guitar, which just reminded me of Withnell and I. And make, make yes. me go, oh, I wish I was watching Withnell and I rather yes. than this. Well, this this is David Arnold. I don't know if you right. know the composer. Yeah. This is his first Bond film, and he's a Bond fan, and so it was quite nice to see the one involved. who did an album of yes, pop shaken stars not doing stirred. It. Yes, a very good album too. Mm. Quite a nice South Bank show around this time of him getting the gig. Okay. And him being very excited about playing the Bond theme on a guitar in the studio. It's a good score, I think. Yes, no, the, I, the score I thought was really good. Mm. I enjoyed that. And they didn't use this Katie Lang song, which they use at the end. Anyway, as Paris leaves, she says to Bond, go in through the roof, yep. uh, use a special... Yeah, he should have just phoned up his ex-girlfriend and asked before coming... And then he wouldn't have had to go to the party, wouldn't have mm-hmm. got beaten up. Mm-hmm. The woman wouldn't have got fired. I mean, God knows what she's going to do at Christmas. I mean, she's not going to... In that mid-90s German news economy, I can't see her getting another job. Yeah. She's probably all right now. She's probably fine now. Probably a shock jock on Fox. Oh, definitely. They all are. Everyone who got fired by Lett Carver <laughs> yeah. now works for Fox News. <laughs> so Bond then sneaks into Carver's place. Yeah. And he finds Henry Gupta's Safe of Jazz Max. <laughs> she does. Which is my prog rock album name. <laughs> I said to my wife, we were watching this, I said to her, I suddenly th- thought, hang on a minute, that safe is full of jazz mags. I yeah. remembered this. She went, is it? And he opened and it, it and it was. So I was really Completely pleased that I remembered was, that. So it? you had the Elizabeth Duke necklace yeah. box in there yeah. and jazz mags. But hard <laughs> Jazz mags yeah. as well. Looks like my bedside table. But how? <laughs> <laughs> Loads of Elizabeth Duke. Can imagine thinking for. no one's in. I think I'll have a. <laughs> you have to open a safe. Yeah, open the opening the safe. I'm sure if you're a technological genius, you mm. have access to the internet, don't you? In 90, yeah, 1997, it was there. Yeah. It was dial-up though. Not for him. He's got his own satellite. That's true. Just... Henry, well, there's a lot of bandwidth being used on our satellite for something. It's fine. Just, don't look. Don't look. No, I'm just closing it. Just it's Google. So yeah. So Bond watches Henry go up to leave, and Henry yeah. says the great line: "That satellite costs 300 million dollars. <laughs> it looks like it's made from cardboard." Yeah. And don't says, drop it. You break it, you buy it. Okay. That doesn't seem. Fair. It's a cheap joke. So we know that Bond is about to knock it over. Yeah. So which he in. actually does yes, quite does. vindictively as well yeah it he doesn't have to go no, but as he's running up the ladder he gives it a kick he gets the um, 
Decoder, the Elizabeth Duke thing. It's just leaves a list the jazz of mags. A list of movies. Essentially, it's what they would use for a countdown clock. Now, any other Bond film, there'd be some sort of bomb with a ticking thing. It's the same prop. They just took it off a bomb and stuck it in Elizabeth Duke box. So Bond gets that, leaves the jazz mags, sadly. Yeah. Which I would have taken. They missed a gag. In, uh, Even just having him come back from one of them. There's an old Bond film where he is he breaks into someone's safe and there is a Playboy mag in there and he does read it as he's waiting for something. <laughs> just so. for the articles. Exactly, yeah. There's damn good stories in here. Can you, Norman Mailer's new one's pretty good. <laughs> I like to read it in the bathroom because the life is better in there. <laughs> um, so he, he takes it and then he gets discovered because Wei Lin comes in. Yes. It turns out she's... Uh, and she's so rubbish at being a secret she sets off the alarm. She's dog shit in this scene. Yeah. Like, she sets off the alarm and a minute later the, she's climbing up the wall on this with thing. With magic shoes. Yeah, and you're like, wow. But at the same time, she's Where not invisible. Going? She's just a sitting target yeah, upside down. She walks down, down a wall yeah. with magic shoes on. Well, she's got this, like, line that she's oh, okay. stuck to on the wall. But it, that's easier to shoot her, surely. Why don't you just hide behind the pillar you're walking up? Well, and Bond kicks over the satellite, as we said, yeah. vindictive because he obviously heard what Gupta said thought have that you prick <laughs> and then <laughs> runs off and has a punch up and throws a man into a printing press yes he does and says they'll print anything these days yeah I was hoping for a better quip after that one he doesn't do it very well he kind of says it's, yeah. it sounds a bit Russian they'll print anything these days they'll print anything these days oh I'm off then hmm Upon races back to his hotel room and then we meet Dr Kaufman yes uh, what's his name Vincent, Vincent Chevalli yeah. Who's very good. Very good. He's one of the best things in this film. He is. His accents are poor, but then all the German accents are poor. I think he's supposed to be comedy German, yeah, isn't he? Comedy German. Hogan's he's, he's, heroes type thing. Yeah. Because he says, I wish I could shoot you from Stuttgart. From <laughs> Stuttgart? <laughs> yes. He has great fun with that. That was nice. Although it did, you just see, what was the point of Terry Hatcher's character existing? Nothing really. I suppose I, I suppose to make Bond want to be more angry at Carver and get revenge. But Pierce Brosnan shows no emotion at any point doesn't really well, when he Coming finds up. Paris is dead he doesn't yeah. seem that upset no he doesn't seem that bothered no I mean he's, it looks like he's thinking about the practicalities of you know whether he should put her through the printing presses to get rid of the body or just chuck her off the hotel balcony it or... does for a second feel like he's thinking about necrophilia <laughs> he does stroke her face in a rather s- strange way well the with nail my guitar plays yeah can I just Could... <laughs> do I have a license to do that as well? <laughs> oh and also was this before or after Austin Powers came out this would have been at the same time because that bit in the printing presses with the henchmen and the printing presses and the trolleys and the forklifts, mm-hmm. and he escapes by going away on trolley. They go, this is very... You couldn't really do this after Austin Powers, could you? Because no. it's almost exactly the scene that they mock with the forklifts and the henchmen and the... Yeah, but they were probably doing this at the same time it was being yeah, made. Yeah, probably on the next studio. Mike Myers popping over to borrow your forklift. Yeah. Without telling you, that, was, that would have hurt. Would have done, you didn't tell it? us why you were using those forklifts, Mike. Let's but, not talk about Mike Myers. There's nothing is ever gained by talking about Mike Myers. No. Even Mike Myers' close family try to avoid it unless they absolutely have to. So anyway, yeah, we, we meet Dr. Kaufman, who is going to kill Bond. And as we discussed earlier, the news is already mm, set. The news is already there. About the news Paris already being murdered by Bond. But I completely missed the plot point that it was on a videotape. And I was like, well, this is just confusing. He does have that good line where Bond parks his car in the car park and sets security settings. Yes, security and settings. And no one can get into the car. There's quite a no. funny bit where they're trying to hit it with sledgehammers. They hit it with hammers. And the car, I think, is the funny, is one of the best comic actors in the film. At that yeah, point. I think it is, yeah. And uh, Stamper radios to him as he's yeah. talking, and he goes, Ah, Stamper, you're <laughs> yelling in my ear, yeah? We're professional assassins, but I've set my earpiece too loud. <laughs> he says, This is very embarrassing. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, he says, You have to give me the code, and yeah. Bond gives him his phone, and it gets him to press the thing that gives him 20,000 volts. Yeah. It's not the wattage that kills you, it's the amps. Beware of amps. If you see an amp, run away. Amps, Britain's biggest killer. Because <laughs> he used to be that one about the, you know, throwing the frisbee up into the pile. Yeah, that used to terrify me. Look out! Look out! Look out! Look out! Amps, amps. <laughs> so then, Doctor Kaufman is killed by Bond. Yeah, because he says, "I am just a professional yeah. doing a job." He says, "So am I." Shoots him in the head, and then Bond legs it. Well, he gets in his car. He gets in his car and, and, and Stamper yeah. sort of watches him go, and that's the end of this bit. Yeah, so I'm like curtain down on Act One. Well, because you get the excellent car chase through Brent Cross Shopping Centre. Oh yes, that's where they filmed it in the car park there. And uh, you get the tyres reinflating. Yes, tyres reinflating. And uh, Bond having a lovely time with his remote control. Yeah, his remote control. And then he drives it off the roof of the car. Again, park. it's another bit where he doesn't seem to have been in peril at any point nope. in this film. In this one, he's actually in the back seat, chilling right. whilst the car is doing being. And Propellerheads did the music to this bit. Oh, okay. They combined with David Arnold. Mm. You can tell because it sounds like a Propellerhead song. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, Bond drives his car back yes. into the Avis rental thing, yeah. which is hilarious. Hopefully Q is in there. So then it immediately cuts 
Bond yes. is back in his naval uniform, yeah. which is I, quite I nice to see. This is the point where I fell asleep. Is it really? Yeah. I think yeah. this point, my brain went, oh, this film isn't making sense anymore. You're doing something completely different that's unrelated. There's a whole bunch of characters who you, you may remember from the last film, but have nothing to do with this film. Yes, well, we meet Joe Don Baker, who is yeah. essentially the new Felix. He's called Jack Wade. Yeah. And uh, Bond in his naval uniform used to be a thing you see every now and then. Okay. But they don't do it very often, and this is the last time they've done it. And uh, he brings the Dakota, the yeah. Elizabeth Jukebox, and, uh, and he gives it to an, an expert the CIA I guess and he plugs it in and realises yes the decoder has been set incorrectly mm. and then they can now pinpoint because this is the but thing they haven't found the Devonshire oh and we should have said earlier that Carver's people stole a cruise missile from the Devonshire which they later intend yes. to launch onto China so now well, the thing is if you can build a stealth boat why not just use that technology to or use all that research time to develop building a cruise missile because loads of countries can do that it's yeah. easy. you can probably get blueprints um, from loads of places and just do that rather than building a stealth boat to steal one um, so yeah they then discover where the Devonshire is yes we see Bond jumping out of a plane yeah he does a halo jump and this is the thing there's a line Jack Wade says here we have no interest in seeing World War 3 unless we start it yeah. which again is quite Mm. of what's going on these days. It is. Trump. a lot of fake news. Very lot of fake news, a lot of World War Three talk. A lot of GPS. Everyone's got a sat now. Everyone's, Everyone's got, a sat-nav. got their phones. People still breathe oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then Bond... Oh, yes, he has to free fall for five miles, then uses parachute almost no time at all, Like almost like it wasn't worth having a parachute. He yeah. just jumped in the water. Halo jumps were quite big in them about 1997, I seem to remember. Were they? Was it, was, I remember John Major doing one. <laughs> <laughs> Some people to try and win the election. Uh, Mark uh, Maastricht. <laughs> yeah, Maastricht. <laughs> they all went Him, Nicholas Ridley, Kenneth Baker, <laughs> Halo jumping into Brussels. <laughs> Imagine that. I, I am imagining. Imagine it. them just <laughs> smashing into stuck the... into a stuck in a belfry. <laughs> oh, it's normal. <laughs> Oh dear. So yes, so he jumps yep. into the water. Lands exactly on the Devonshire. Lands right where it is. There you go, done. Goes in through the hole that had been drilled. Yeah. And meets Waylin again. Yeah, and I think if you're doing a sort of meet cute where you're meeting like the ostensibly the romantic other half of the movie, yeah. having them able to use either their mouths or eyes to emote and express emotion or words is important. Yes. And when you've got scuba diving, you have neither of those things. No. So what's meant to be some sort of, if not touching, at least, oh, here they go, here we get. It's like, oh, it's two rubber people. It should have had them sort of talking like, (laughs) subtitles. (laughs) That would have been better. Yeah. So they discover the cruise missile's gone. They come up to the surface. They discover their their, aim, their aims are the same. And then they get. They she take. goes, "Let's go back to my boat." Yeah. And then they get there, and her friend gets shot, and they yeah. stamp her. Yeah. And they're taken to Carver. Why does he shoot the friend? Oh, he's got is a he harpoon. Doing... He wants to use it. it. Just yeah. You can't have a harpoon and not use it. Absolutely not. What's the point? Yeah. As they say in harpooning. Do you reckon it was accidental? He was just playing with the harpoon behind him. He was like, tried to this play is an cool. amazing harpoon. <laughs> tried to play. <laughs> more sound effects. Yeah. And um, at that point, they really know he's evil. They all go, "Oh, this guy!" Yeah, and then they fly to Carver's hotel, yeah. and Bond <laughs> says, "Oh, it's an Oedipus. Is it Oedipus complex?" He says, "This is the worst joke of the whole Oedipus complex." Oedipus. He says, "Oedipus complex." Oedipus, which of course doesn't work here because it would be Oedipus complex. Oh God! It's about a big building, so I think he says something about he's got an Oedipus complex. It's I think the worst joke. Yes, partly because we don't pronounce Oedipus that way here. No, no, no. Falls on deaf ears. Oh dear. Yeah, I did because I didn't get that at all. Yeah, it's in fact, about I the size he said of Oedipus his... complex. So I was just like, oh, no. No, it's about the size of his building. It's, it's, he's got an edifice complex. Jesus Christ. Because it's actually a complex as well. That's yeah. really bad. Oh, there we go. So they get to Carver, and General Chang is there, which is a very imaginative name for a Chinese person. Yes. <clears throat> and they realise that it's all about Carver wanting to have yeah. media rights in China. So he's willing to start a war. I mean, General Chang's an interesting character. In the, for about 20 minutes, it's like he's the, like from another draft of the script, he was the bad guy. Yeah. And they keep talking about General Chang. Chang did this and Chang did that. And then he's forgotten again. We see him for like one second walk yeah. past. But anyway, um, Carver Sorry. says, you killed Dr. Kaufman. Stamper's yeah. his best friend. Learned so much from him. Oh, yes. He's about oh, he torture says, tools. He writes this headline, doesn't he? And he starts mm. tapping on the keyboard in the most yeah. annoying way, like no one would ever type. Oh, yeah. So uh, this is the worst typing acting I've ever, ever seen. Because the headline is... Hang on. It was something like Spy Dead. <laughs> and he goes... Three letters come up on the screen. But he dresses in this film, Elliot Carver, he dresses like a Chinese pimp from the 20s. Yes. Always in black. All in black. All in black. He looks appalling yeah. with this sort of fuzzy white hair. And no real direction at any point, apart from just to get off the set and get paid as quickly as possible. Yeah, as a Bond villain, he's probably my least favourite. But then we talk about the chakra torture. Uh, and, uh, We've all got seven chakras. Yeah. And he's got a different chakra torture tool for each 
chakra. And he gives he gives stamp of the after Bond does the killing joke about mm. I thought watching your TV shows was bad, and and Carver's really offended by that. It is. So he decides to leave the room. Yeah. He's so offended he leaves the room before the torture happens. He says to Stamper, "Here's a really pokey one. Use yeah, that first. Use that on his. He doesn't say he's a really pokey one." He's <laughs> on his glance. Yeah. yeah. And then Bond takes that moment of opportunity. Yeah, to, to escape really easily. Escape like kicking really over easily. a table, picking up a gun and shooting everyone. And this is where he throws a, a knife into Stamper's leg and Stamper yes. just goes, oh. Stamper is not a threat in the scene because he just decides to lie Protect. on top of Jonathan Price. Yes. I reckon that was this my moment. Yeah. I'm just going to lie on top of Jonathan Price and all that. And then... I can imagine Bond the cut. Just, Bond just you get off me now, please. <laughs> um, I'm not sure we're done yet. <laughs> Moving like just stand up straight. I can't. Um, but yeah, Bond wanders off through the scene, utterly unfazed by the hundreds of people, mm-hmm. just mowing people down. Yeah. And essentially, is one of the points where you go, "Oh, I'm watching a massacre. Mm. Um, maybe, maybe we're not the good guys." Yeah. <laughs> He's murdering journalists yeah. with an automatic weapon in a way that, in any other context, we would consider reprehensible. I imagine. But he does jump down the side of a building and pull the. Yeah, again, he's very relaxed. Right? It never feels like there's any real danger for no. him at all. I mean, he especially wouldn't... that one. He was just sort of walking through at a sort of rough pace yeah. in a blue shirt. Very 90s. Quite loose blue shirt. Yeah, because he kind of looks like a, a sort of lost and robbed sex tourist at this yeah. point. Now, pres- presumably that stamper brought him those clothes. I'm assuming so. Because he was, he was in, in scuba gear. Yeah. Here, have some 90s tourist guff. I stole them off a sex tourist that I killed. <laughs> Um, so they, they managed to find the only collection of BMW motorcycles yep. in China. Very fortunate. <laughs> uh, and uh, they ride off. And then we have quite an exciting chase sequence. Yeah. Yes, no, this mark. is my favourite bit. I think this mm. was. I think this. Apart from the fact that they use the helicopter in the weirdest way. Mm. So you've got a helicopter and lots of people on the helicopter with machine guns. Mm-hmm. And I want to kill that person over there. What is the most efficient way of doing that? I will point the rotors of the helicopter at them, which is apparently impossible. Right. Can't be done. Okay. Well, so, it didn't even. And at one point, I thought, "Oh, this is going to pay off because it bends down." They're on a motorbike facing against. So they're facing off against each other. Mm-hmm. Motorbike versus tilted helicopter. Yep. And you go, he's, "They're going to ride up, up the rotors, and into the aero top. It's going <laughs> to be awesome." This is what it's been paying off. This is because mm-hmm. the rotors are chopping up tables and yeah, chickens. Mm-hmm. And it starts, and they go, and they go underneath the helicopter. And you go, you. That was literally the only reason you could have had for tilting a helicopter for five minutes. But he uses a washing line on it, which is very British. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Only more British if you chucked a flymo at them. (laughs) Or a swing... Resentfully. Swing ball. If he returned a flymo to them. Kill them with a swing ball and then use the ball to hit them in the face. (laughs) And then, you know, kept the receipt and took it back. Very British. Very British. So that was my favourite bit of the the action-y bit. I thought that was the best... Yes, because he had the nice little gag, which is, feels very Hong Kong kung fu. Yeah, it's very sort of handcuffed to each other and have yeah. to keep swapping around on the bike. Yeah, because she comes, Michelle Yao comes yep. from that sort of. I, I think I saw her in a Jackie Chan film once yes. or twice. In fact, they give her a whole scene of it just after that, don't they? Yes, they do. Quite to rightly her, too, because she's very good at it. To her bamboo bat cave. That's right, a bamboo bat cave. Very good. Mm. And uh, she beats up everybody. Bond turns up at the last minute. Yeah. And they have a little chat. Is it just a coincidence that Elliot Carver's headquarters is just next to her house? Or I think it is a coincidence. Right. It's just one of those nice... Just fortunate. Yeah. Brosnan does the most camp line I've ever heard James Bond say ever during this sequence. Because he says, right, I'll type the message, you get the gadgets, right? Yeah. He looks down, the keyboard's all yeah. in Chinese. He says, actually, you type. And then he starts doing this business, like he's picking up the gadgets, <laughs> and he touches this dragon's head. It yeah. breathes fire. Yeah. And he goes, and then he turns to him and he goes, oh, very novel. <laughs> like Larry Grayson would. <laughs> I expected him to go, oh, Everard likes these. <laughs> it was weird watching him fondle someone else's gadgets. Mm-hmm. That was a nice touch. Yeah, but they quickly decide that the stealth boat, which they need to find, is in Kowloon Bay, I yes, believe. which is one of General Chang's bays. Yeah, of course it is, the bastard. Yeah, because again, they're going on about General Chang a lot at this point, despite yeah. the fact that we've very briefly seen him and have no context for him whatsoever. Yes, yeah. Just say Elliot Carver's. That would have done. He's like Mrs. Mannering, isn't he, General Chang? Yeah. They then, they find the stealth boat, get on board, yep. yes. like the double-deckers. So the bay didn't really make, wasn't relevant. No. Because they just go to the boat and they get on the it. Itself, yeah. The ownership of the bay was a red herring, plot-wise. Yeah. Stamper steals Waylin, and Bond pretends he's dead by throwing a corpse in the water. Mm-hmm. Again, they don't check, they just... No, he just goes, he just looks and goes, oh, that's definitely him. Mm. I saw because he's dead and in the water. And what does Carver say, do you think, when he's told that Bond is dead? Oh. Delicious. He does indeed. Oh, it's getting old, I'd say. To it him. was. In fact, I'm not sure they even use it enough to make it a thing. It, it no. occurs like three times. But it feels like a thing because it's so bad. And I think it might be twice, right at the beginning and that one there. And you go, stop it, stop. I commit to delicious and do it all the time. Mm. 
and have him eating a lot of food at many points. You also have to wonder about the uh, business model that mm. thinks it's cheaper to develop, build and operate a stealth boat rather than just write lies. Yeah. I think Murdoch's done the right thing. Yeah, I he think he's taken the right path. He here. hasn't gone with a stealth boat. Yeah, just go with just print. Yeah. So, Jerry, have you, have you seen my stealth boat? <laughs> and I don't. I can't, she's Texan, isn't she? I'm not going to do that. What a nice girl. I do declare. <laughs> what a master Murdoch. I do declare. You got us. Is that a stealth boat in your pocket? Are you just pleased to see me? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a stealth boat. Yeah, it's a stealth boat. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh-huh. invisible to the naked eye. <laughs> anyway, um, so Bond is able to sneak onto the boat. Yes. And basically takes it apart from inside. They sent a message, Whalen and Bond have sent a message to the British and Chinese who yeah. are in a Mexican standoff in yes. China, so a Chinese standoff. Yep. And they say um, there's a stealth yeah. boat shooting everything. They decide that the only way they can get the stealth boat to show up on radar is by blowing it up. Yes. Or, or making a hole in it. So they do that. Bond puts a grenade in a jar, which is very yes. intricate, and yeah. blows a hole in the stealth boat. And, and then, then they see <clears> they can see the little blip then. That's it. And then the Chinese and then send the British a message saying, well, you can see it on the eels, we'll leave it to you. Happy hunting. Happy hunting. <laughs> and Jason Watkins is very happy. Very happy. And the oh, Nazi from earlier. Last we Crusade. We got um, floating dead waxworks of Drew Reinhardt. We did. On the wreck of the Devonshire. As there. I thought, somewhere, in some storied house somewhere, there's a waxwork of dead Gerard Butler and dead Julian Reinhardt. We should get those. It, 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 doesn't that sort of sum up Gerard Butler's career? Yeah. Really? Wax work of dead Gerard Butler's who have worked more than he has. At one point he was linked with James Bond, you know. Was he? Yeah. Because he who sounds a great, bit like Sean Connery. Who your great missed James Bond? Who do you think should have been? Oh, I like I like the idea of Lewis Collins being James Bond. Mm. And uh, Sam Neill and a screen okay. test. Why is Elliot Carver on the stealth boat rather than, say, at the offices? I was thinking this... Because you're putting yourself in danger. I mean, surely, yeah. because it's the end of a Bond film, he has to be on there. But yeah. you're putting yourself in danger there. And also, presumably, you still have to run your business. You still are broadcasting yeah. 24 hours a day. Well, not only that, your business is your face. You can't go off and do that. And at the beginning, they do this, and he's not on the boat. Yeah, he didn't He didn't need to be there. It's because he needs to Entirely die. Entirely avoid the Bond it's because he needs to die. Which I, was, he does. I remember being quite surprised when I saw him on the boat. I'm like, oh, I thought there'd have to be another climactic thing after this because there's no reason for him to ever get on this boat, which he's made. Clearly, the point of making a boat is to send it away to do things. Couldn't they have emailed him an explosion <laughs> from his office? Yeah. Uh, like one of those birthday cards. So Bond blows up the boat, essentially. Yeah. Kills Carver with a drill. With the, with the seed drill. Hoisted with Jethro Tull's <laughs> seed drill. Ian Anderson sticks a flute up his ass, <laughs> And uh, yeah, he says, always give the people what they want. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense either. Wasn't that William Randolph Hearst who said that? Yes, I think yes he was. Yeah. See, we know. That's basically yellow journalism. But that doesn't make any sense, because there are no people who have been clamouring for Elliot Carver to be hit in the face with a submarine that also has a drill on the front. But Bond is very selfish, so he's thinking about himself. <laughs> himself. Give, yeah. give them me what I want. He's misappropriating the quote for his own purposes very naughty that naughty. it's the first step of journalism that you don't do that it's a no-no you know. second is don't report a fake war between China and Britain to start World War 3 that should probably be the first yeah, if, if they were writing them today they'd probably swap the order yeah, around well, this was 1997 I did I did yeah. have a point in this film where I, I, I did say to my wife oh, the mid-90s there were nothing to worry about at this yeah. point what, like what could there possibly be someone who wants exclusive broadcasting rights to China enough that they'll build a stealth boat mm. It's always going to happen. Oh, yeah. So Carver oh, dies. You, they all have to abandon ship. Do you know if you're abandoning a stealth ship? How do you know you've got off the stealth ship? I don't know. It's like that cat-in-the-box deal, isn't it? Yeah. Have you, got, have you got off the stealth ship, Bond? Yes, I assume we have. <laughs> We're on our way home, I think. It's like Wonder Woman's in, invisible plane, isn't it? Yeah. If there's a plane crash, how do you know? You... <laughs> you just find her dead lying there, and you go to pick her up, and Clank. you bang your head. Clank. Yeah. yeah. Awful. No one's thought about the implications of invisible plane crashes. Yeah. But apart from, apart from the Illuminati, <laughs> they thought of everything. As you, as you yeah, well they're know, they're one step ahead. They are. No, I don't. No, they're not. They're three steps ahead. Yeah. To cut a long story short, yes. Waylin is rescued by Bond. Stamp is blown up by the cruise missile. Yes, and he survives another few stabbings. In fact, he gets his foot burned off. Although he actually responds to those stabbings like, ow, he acts quite hurt. Like, personally, ow, James, why are you stabbing me? How could you? You prick. Mm. I thought we were just punching buddies, and now you're stabbing. Oh, I'll burn my foot off, why don't you? Thanks, James. And then he blows up. And then you get the kind of Bond-esque ending of everyone saying, James Bond, where are you? James Bond, where are you? Yeah, I think rocket-based deaths, cruise missile-based deaths, shouldn't have been allowed after the one in the rock. No, which I think that's the one. winner of it. And it also has the clunky setup line of "Do you like Elton John?" You know that song, yeah. "The Rocket Man." You are him. <laughs> it's a, thing. a, it comes before as a quip. It comes before the death rather than after it. Yeah, it's not good. Takes, I love it. It's, it. To me, that has broken the 
format of being able to blow someone up with a crew. Well, there's that one in True Lies as well, where he's uh, got yeah. the uh, Art Malek on the rocket and says, you're fired. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's quite interesting. So, yeah, there they go. There's the end of Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah. Oh, but it ends with MI6 planting their own fake news. Oh, of course. The, uh, oh, Robert, right. well, Robert Maxwell the whole, yeah. deal. The whole point of the uh, mm. film has been that it's evil to plant fake news, and yeah. at the end, MI6 plant a fake story to cover the whole thing up. They say that he fell off his yacht and died. Yeah, fell off his yacht and Suicide, died. suspected. Suicide, yeah. So MI6 are just as bad as Elliot Carter. Well, we knew that, didn't we? Yeah. Especially like the Illuminati. So we've reached the point of the podcast where I race you for our quick fire okay. questions. Okay, so question one. Who is the best Bond and what is the best Bond film? Um, does Woody Allen count as a Bond? I'd say so, yeah. Right, Woody <laughs> Allen. Let's say Woody Allen. Okay. Uh, and the best Bond film is Goldeneye. Excellent. Who is the worst Bond and what is the worst Bond Pierce film? Pierce Brosnan, Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh. I'm hoping this is the low... Surely this is the low point, isn't it? Oh, God, no. Oh, really? God, no. <laughs> Jesus Christ, no. Um, would you say, do, oh, I don't want to ruin the whole series if you answer that question. Yeah, no, 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 I won't tell you now. Okay, I'll yeah. tell you off air. Yeah. Um, who would you have as James Bond next? Uh, I would go for Himesh Patel, I think, who was Tamwa in EastEnders. Uh, because I think he gets the le- right level of musing. He can be, I think he has gravitas mm-hmm. and humour. Okay. The Bond film I would want to do was about a Bond who realised that everything he'd fought for and done was utterly worthless and empty and vacuous and he'd wasted his life, so he'd be quite old and alone. Hmm. He'd probably be in a cottage somewhere, yeah. imagining he was having all these adventures. Ian Glenn I'd use for that one. Oh, he'd be great. He was once linked with Bond. Oh, was he? Though? I think um, when Timothy Dalton quit, I think Ian Glenn was one of the names. Okay. I think he's got such a great voice. Yes. There's another one who's... Um, oh, Richard Dormer. Oh, yeah. He's got a yeah. good voice. He has. He's got a very good voice. He'd yes. be doing a podcast all like this at you. <laughs> I'd have him on. Yeah. Um, Richard Dormer, if you're listening, get in touch. Yes, please do. By phone, not by text. No, by phone. Wanna hit. Hello, it's Richard Dormer. <laughs> Next. Yes. Bond is full of stupid names like Money Penny, Small Bone, and Good Head. <laughs> Give me your best Bond lady name. Labia Thrust Funnel. That is brilliant. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, next. Give me your best Bond film title that you've just made. I found this really... This is difficult. Hmm. Um, I went with Dr. Diamond Balls. Because <laughs> 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 Moonrakers and Golden Island, Diamond Balls. <laughs> I and like Dr. that. Just, That's yeah. probably my favourite ever. <laughs> okay. Dr. Diamond Balls. Because otherwise you end up with sort of weird words that don't... I think what the problem they get into now is they just try and throw concepts at it. Yep. Tomorrow is only the beginning of yesterday's... Well, now they've got into the habit of just, just having it as one word. Oh, well, that might be it. Like Skyfall, Spectre. You now you want uh, Dr. Yeah. Diamond Balls, that's what you want. <laughs> I, would, I would definitely go and see Dr. Diamond Balls I would at the definitely. cinema. I'd, I'd get a tent and wait a month for it. <laughs> um, so, right, here we go. Uh, a hypothetical fistfight takes place between Simon Templar, the saint, and James Bond, 007, who wins. Simon Templar every time. Simon Templar. Yes, because he's uh, all the, well, at least two of the same actors have played him, and they were always younger when they played Simon Templar. Despite the fact that he has to wear disguises, therefore making him a coward. <laughs> no, no, but Simon Templar, I loved Simon Templar, and never liked Bond, because they're essentially the same, but Bond is Templar with added racism. So yeah. I, like, I just like the same better. Also, he had a logo you could draw, and Bond didn't have a logo. And he had that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And The Return of the Saints, a really good theme. It's the one Alan, Alan Partridge drums to while Lynn visiting her mother's grave that's always good uh, and finally you're stranded on a desert island yes. with Sean Connery George Lazenby Roger Moore Timothy Dalton Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig yep. who do you elect as leader to devise your rescue attempt and if it fails who do you eat first hmm. In this, have we already eaten Niven no oh, okay so Niven's on the island too that's I just, think I'd say he could be on the island yeah I think we use Connery as a raft because his chest hairs will contain enough bubbles to keep it buoyant. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not. I'm not asking him to devise an escape attempt. Mm-hmm. I think I wouldn't trust any of them more than the flotation power of Sean Connery's chest. I seem Lazenby had quite a hairy chest as well. He's all right. Yeah, not as hairy as Connery. No, let's see Connery then. Yeah, and the bubbles trapped in his follicles. Yeah. Will so, so who do you eat? Oh, um, I think we'd also have to... I think we'd eat Lazenby, because he's big, isn't he? There's a lot of Lazenby to go around. That's like Christmas. Maybe we'd save him for Christmas. We'd start with the littlest one. <laughs> do you tell him that you're going to do that at Christmas? Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. We, um, I, we get a really big stocking for him and put something right at the bottom. So he has to reach way, way down. <laughs> his head's in the stocking. And he's like, oh, what's this down here? It feels really exciting. It feels big. It feels exciting. And bang, we hit him with a coconut and eat him. <laughs> Having spent the last all the time from October weaving a long stocking. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Well, we've reached the end of our questions. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much me. for being on the podcast. <laughs> thank you for having me. And uh, it was an absolute pleasure. Oh, well, it's been a joy. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. I'm late for a meeting. Make sure you use the right kind of ammunition. 
Yes, sir. Delicious. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.